Well, welcome to the first episode of How Might Hope, the podcast that puts hope as central to our lives and to the world around us. In this first podcast, we're going to ask ourselves, how might discipleship become a movement? Uh, my guest is my good friend, Sean Bloomquist, uh, church planter, leadership coach, spiritual director, uh, 3D Movements Associates, and founder of Access Leadership, where he helps business leaders access their God-given design that will shape their life and work. Um, and that really means that Sean is outside the walls, out in the city, out in the town, out at the businesses, uh, teaching people how to make disciples uh, where they're at. And so I thought this was a great um, topic for Sean to have him here. I'm Bud Locke, and I am the lead pastor here at Hope Center Covenant Church. So, Sean, the first question that I have for you, we're talking about discipleship. Yep. What is discipleship? Well, let's, uh, I always like having a working definition of discipleship, <laughs> and I like to, we tend to complicate discipleship in the church. And so uh, we take something that's simple to understand, simple to understand, but it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. So we like to make it more complicated. Yep. So we don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so to give us some hope, I mean, you know, a couple of working definitions I have that have been really helpful is one, you know, a lot of us who, um, kind of swim in the discipleship realm of, of the church and life. We love Dallas Willard. Mm -hmm. And so Dallas simply says, you know, we, you want to, we want to be like Jesus and we want to do the things that Jesus did. Do you have a plan that helps you to grow in the character of Jesus, be like Jesus? And then do you have a way to help people to do the things that Jesus did? And so that's one way. And then the way we talk about it at 3D Movements is simply we want to help people grow in the character and competency of Jesus. So that, that's kind of our working definition. Character is everything that has to do with our identity and being like Jesus and being his children. And then competency is actually doing everything that Jesus did. Amen. So, all right. Let's we talk about. Well, that's, that's great. We all love Dr. Willard there. Yes. And, uh, uh, that's awesome. Um, so besides making discipleship too complicated and, and besides our efforts to uh, at times avoid discipleship and uh, not call people to follow Jesus like we're calling him, yeah. like we're following him, uh, what are some of the other hindrances to discipleship today? Yeah, you know, we can, we can think of a lot of hindrances and... Um, but I think the mate, we always want to say the hindrances, either our people or our leadership. You know, we tend to want to put blame on people. And I think our adversary today, the one that we're really having to force, you know, look at is the culture. Hmm. You know, our, our real adversary towards discipleship is the culture that um, we're in. And that, that's church culture mm -hmm. that we have. And mm -hmm. it is the culture of the Bay Area where mm. we live. Mm. And so th when I think about the hindrance, like here's one, you know, cultural hindrance we have is that when, um, the operating system of what we're doing with Christianity is the church, right? Then we've, we've kind of moved off of where things are. Cause what, what's happening in our culture is we use church as the operating system. And if church is the operating system, then it's the preacher, the communicator mm -hmm. who has to preach from the platform mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. put on good programs 
mm-hmm. for people to come. To You're threatening church. my job here, Sean. Uh, you know, it, 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 it is my job as well, my friend. But that's the that's the that's what's at stake. It's, yeah. a, it's a culture that has happened over two thousand years. You know, we started as a relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus in Palestine, mm-hmm. moved to Greece and became a philosophy, moved to Europe and became a institution, and then moved to America and became a corporation. Mm-hmm. And we've just shot and missed. Wow. And so, with that miss, we actually have to. We have to reset, and every generation has to reset back onto what is going on. And so we're just doing a reset right now. And I think what COVID has done is basically exposed um, what was already there in the church, that we have a consumer individualistic culture, and the COVID has revealed that. And so now we're in the situation we're in. And so we have to switch the operating system. So like the church, um, if the operating system is the, is the church, uh-huh. then we have programs that we push for our killer app, okay. right? Yeah. And what I think is the operating system is discipleship, and Sundays is just one of our apps okay. that helps us grow in our faith. So, so when you say around. church, you don't mean the called out people of God. No, which is I mean what scripture. Exactly. Means. I'm mean talking what about we're talking about here on Sundays. You know, as seat, a, numbers in the seats, yes. numbers of money coming in, yep. who are we reaching, yep. all of that, programs, yep. Yep. all of that. Everything about the building and coming on Sundays. Okay. You know, even though we talk about it being biblical and we're trying to be a people of God, we still, the culturally as churches, right. we operate as churches, the operating system rather than discipleship. And that's a cultural issue okay. that we've learned. Okay. So nice. I'd say that's the main hindrance that we're running to. Okay. And so yep. we have this hindrance. And then uh, what are some of the hindrances you see outside of the people of God or outside of the church that are making discipleship more and more difficult today? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, we could say that people are disinterested and, um, in everything that's going on, we could say we're in a hostile environment with Christianity and things like that. But I think really, um, as I'm experiencing people out there, I don't think that that's true. I think, I think we as the church, um, um, feel like it's hostile where mm-hmm. more than it really is. Mm-hmm. Like if we could just integrate our life and say, Hey, I'm a, my worldview is following Jesus. And I think generally everybody would be cool about with that yeah. as long as, you know, we, what we're doing is we're operating in a different way, which is we're not being that guy. Okay. You know, that guy being, you're trying to convert me and do these right. things to me rather than just be an authentic person. Okay. So I think really the, 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 the Bay area culture is actually more open and receptive just to people who are, have an authentic faith, you know, but we have to get to that place. Okay. In ourselves. Okay. So I'm not sensing there's a, a, a ton of hostility against. We just have to start just okay. really being in people's lives and loving our neighbors, you know, and just All doing right. this stuff. So we have the hindrances. We've identified those. We've said, okay, our MO needs to be less of doing church or having yeah. church yeah. and more about making disciples and inviting others to follow Jesus as we follow Jesus, yeah. uh, doing the things that Jesus did, uh, living the life that Jesus lived, loving people like Jesus loved sure. people, all yep. of those things. Um, what would be a way forward? Yeah. How, how, how would you say uh, somebody sitting, listening to this, maybe they're commuting to work right now, 
Uh, maybe they're sitting at home, finally got their kids off to school. Sure. They're going, I got a few minutes. Let me see what this first podcast is. Yep. Uh, what's going on here? What are yep. they talking about? Yep. Um, what would you say? How would you say, hey, here yeah. are some first steps you can take yep. in, uh, in this move forward so that discipleship becomes a movement rather than just a program? Yeah. You know, here's the first thing. I think, um, you know, having a, the right method. Mm-hmm. of discipleship is really what we want to have. And Jesus is real simple and clear. He just said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. Um, I think one of the paradigm shifts, and that's hard, for, it's very hard for us in the Bay Area, is to have, instead of just having an information culture where we get information mm-hmm. and content, and then we think that that's going to change us. You're awesome preaching, for one. You know, it's going to change us. <laughs> we all realize that that doesn't, it's not bringing the transformation. We mm-hmm. all understand that. So how do we actually have imitation? See, imitation is the key, but we live in a culture. Again, the culture is the issue. We go from Mm -hmm. information to innovation. I'm going to take that information. I'm going to innovate it in my own context. Whereas I think the biblical picture is Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. And so do we have relationships with people where we actually want to imitate the life that they have in Christ? Mm. And do I want to be a person that has a life worth imitating? Mm. That's a fundamental shift. From saying, oh, I'll never have a life worth imitating. I'm just going to keep bringing them to church and let the pastor do it or let the church do it. Right. And we have to change. That's a paradigm shift we have to change. Well, and I, th- I see a second shift in there yeah. is that um, we tend to be very individualistic in how we follow Jesus. Yeah. I don't need to follow you in following Jesus. Exactly. I'm just going to follow Jesus. Right. I don't need to follow somebody else yeah. in following Jesus. I'm an, I'm all about following Jesus. Yeah. Or we say, I don't want you to follow me. I want you to follow Jesus. Right. The problem is Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. Paul says, I'll replace, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I right. mean, the whole thing is embodiment. Yep. And there's some, there's some good humility in that. Yeah. But I would say, I want to invite you to follow me as I follow Christ. And hey, don't follow the parts of Jesus that I'm not living. You know, don't follow me as I'm not following Christ. Point it out to me, right? You know what I mean? And we just have to live a more open, authentic, accessible life with people, you know? And I I think that's one of the methods. Um, And and the other one, I think, is seeing that um, our everyday life, there is everyday opportunities of discipleship already happening. Like okay. every, like just, it's already happening in our life. We're just not totally aware of where God's at work in our life all the time. And like, for example, I mean, meals is the fundamental way mm. that we can give people access to our lives, Yep. you know, and we, you don't have to program that. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, we just, we, again, there's so much of our life that we try to compartmentalize into religious programs right. rather than just going, no, your real life, you're already living it. Yep. You're playing soccer with, you're, you're coaching your kids. You're in these groups, you're in this life already you have. Mm-hmm. Jesus is already there. What do you see that he's already doing in those relationships? Now there right. takes some training in that because we're, we're redoing, we're, that's the paradigm shift. We have to right. see that God's at work in all these places already. Right. I think that's the, the fundamental way forward for us is to see that God's already at work in the world, in these places already. His kingdom is at hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just need to change how we think about how we think about that, right? And see right. that He's doing it already. Right. And that take that takes some discipleship on our part. Like that's what I do. That's what you do. We want to help right. people to see that God's already working your lives. Right. Let's right. not keep 
making it more complicated or busy. <laughs> so, so Sunday we talked about um, the idea of default versus deliberate lives mm. is that we tend to grab on to um, that old way of doing things, the yes. way that we learned maybe from uh, parent, you know, growing up, the way we learn from culture around us, the way we learn, uh, the way we learned even in church and the way they used to do it, you know, and, yes. and this is the way it has to be done. Yes. And to sit down and deliberately grab on to a mind shift and a thought process that discipleship is really what we're about. We're about following Jesus and inviting others to follow him with us. Uh, and we're also about, like you said before, uh, finding others that we can follow as we follow Jesus together. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that kind of came to mind as you were talking was we need a better habit of accountability then. Yes. And a better definition of what accountability is. Oh, yes. Because, you know, what we've learned accountability as is, you know, church discipline. Yeah. Behavior or, modification. Yeah, behavior <laughs> modification. Sin management. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> telling you not to yeah. telling you not to do something or to do something else. Absolutely. This idea of accountability and authenticity and transparent living uh, is a whole different concept. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. You know, again, it's really simple to understand this. And for me, it's when I look at Jesus, Jesus simply only did what he saw his father doing. Mm -hmm. And he only said what his father was telling him to say. And so if we're, we're sons and daughters of God and we are, um, you know, co-inheritors in that, in this body, then what I really believe God's saying is you can be like Jesus and what that means is just do what the Father's telling you to do and just see where he's already at work. And what that simply means to me around discipleship and, and accountability especially is if we're in a group of people and the key is not behavior modification, but the key around discipleship and the key around accountability is simply what do you hear God saying to you right now mm. and what are you going to do about it? If, you, if we had that mantra Mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. changes culture. For right. me, the number one, if you, that'll change the operating system of the church. It yeah. changes every culture, all your Bible studies, every group you're in, every book study, everything you do, if you shift it around, what do we hear God saying and what mm -hmm. are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And that's our genuine heart's desire. That's, that's how we grow because God's always at work. So where is he? What is right. he saying to me? Am yep. I paying attention? And if you have accountability, then I'm not saying, oh, you didn't do that. It's like, but didn't the God yeah. of the universe speak to you about this? And you go, yeah. Well, if you're not going to listen to the God of the universe tell you what to do, then you're <laughs> certainly not going to listen to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so so yeah. the accountability is kind of void unless you want to actually do what the God of the universe has told you right. to do. So that makes everything simple. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, then it's just up to us to want to do it. So I, I, we use that. We call it the learning circle. It's just nice. simply how we hear God and do what he says. It's out of Mark 1.15. So, awesome. um, which, by the way, we're, we're talking about this Sunday. So um, there you awesome. go. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, That's great. Yeah. And uh, so you're working and doing this, this with access leadership. And yeah. you're, you're, you're a pastor and you're still doing it within the church if you look at the theological church, the Absolutely. people of God, Absolutely. the move of God, yep. all of that. But you're doing it not within the church as an institution or as a corporation that you yes. were talking about. Yep. You're, you're out there yep. 
yep. in the world, discipling business leaders, discipling uh, parents, discipling others who who are they're all new to this. Absolutely. Um, without breaking any confidences or whatever, <laughs> do you have any stories that you can give as an example to some people who are listening that they may go, "Oh, that sounds like something I can use in my life." Yeah. So I'm working with uh, I'm working with a business leader. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, he's in Modesto. Okay. And he's just, he's a great leader and he's, he's, uh, he's an elder, was an elder in his church. He saw me mm-hmm. do this for some of their mm-hmm. church team and stuff. And he said, Hey, would you coach me in business around this, these same tools? And I said, absolutely. And so I started, you know, coaching him with mm-hmm. another leader, um, just around certain tools. And he started applying some of these just same spiritual tools. And for him, the number one thing is he began to see his work as disciple making with his coworkers, Christians and non-Christians. And he started using, he put on his, he put over his, the, his, uh, in his wall, in his office, he put, we're here to grow in our character and competency at work. Wow. And, and then he, what he told me was he, every meeting he has, he, pulls the learning circle up there and says, okay, let's stay on course here. We're going to work on hearing what we're supposed to be doing today. Now he translate it, but it's really right. about doing some good observation reflection on what's at hand right now. Right. Right. You know, but his fundamental thing is I only want to do what God's asked me to do at this workplace. And that's the driving force for him. And so he's really ingrained this hearing and doing in his life. And he's starting to see some breakthrough. He's starting to see his teams built and he's starting to see vision take place. He's starting to see, you know, the culture change, whereas they had a pretty bad culture before. Right. And right. he's, he's seeing the culture change in his workplace. And, right. uh, and that's for me, discipleship. Mm-hmm. You're discipling mm-hmm. people that are non-Christians and Christians because it's all, you're just mm-hmm. investing in people mm-hmm. and helping give access to your life mm-hmm. to help them be mm-hmm. developed people. In their right. workplace, because that's right. where they spend eight to ten hours of their day. I mean, right. it's a lot of life, you know. Right. Can't be void of God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, yep. so that's what I get to do. So how would you do that? Let's say you're not the business owner. Yeah. You're just somebody who's working at a shop or working in an office and, and you're one of the mid-level workers Absolutely. Or, or helpers. What what would this look like for them? Yeah, I think um, when I talk to folks that are just, they're just working right? Mm-hmm. They're there. Mm-hmm. They have to come to work knowing fundamentally that God's at work mm. at their work. Mm. And what's happening is they, they, they're not experiencing that. They're probably mm-hmm. in the grind. Mm-hmm. So they need some investment from people in their life to right. help them to see where God's at work in right. their workplace, in their conversations okay. and, and, and seeing work as what you're contributing here to what your work is. Your work is, um, whatever widget or thing you're making or helping or serving in some way you are co-creating with God, with what he gave you to do. Right. Now, some of us feel better about that than less, but if we don't see that our labor Mm-hmm. in a sense, is contributing to the good of the world mm-hmm. in a real way, that mm-hmm. makes it really hard mm-hmm. to feel a sense of hope with what okay. we're doing. So those, and that's, that's the, that's bare bones, right? Yeah, yeah. Because um, then other than that, because some of us are maybe feeling like we're stuck in a cubicle or, you mm-hmm. know, I, I can't evangelize or I don't talk to people all day. I totally right. get it. But how do you see your work as something that we are contributing for, to the good of the world? Nice. Because God's in nice. that. He's given you the ability to yep. do these things. Yep. I'd say that's a baseline, but there's a lot of spiritual work in times of talking to God about yep. your place at work, yep. you know. So. And even that's an imitation. 
because absolutely in creation, you know, every day God creates a, a stage of the heavens and the earth that he says, that's good. That's right. It's good. Yeah. And you have so to have a good you creation. You could do that when you go to work and you can go, that's good. What yeah. I'm contributing, yeah. that's good. Yeah. We have uh, to, we have imitation. a, we call it good creation theology yeah. that he gave us work to do. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, that's how we contribute to the good of the okay. world. You know, wonderful. So, so if discipleship is going to be our paradigm, yep. and if discipleship doesn't only happen within or probably uh, within this paradigm, it would happen uh, less within the, the, the walls here and more uh, everyday discipleship, yep. since you're only here for an hour, an hour maybe two, yep. maybe three, depending yep. on how many programs you go to. Yep. Uh, you're only here so much. You're, you're out in the world most yep. of the day. Yep. And so... Uh, if that's where discipleship happens, then what is the role of the, um, the for lack of a better word, the uh, programs and the institutional or the corporation, like you said? Yeah, for sure. What, what is the role? Yeah. So, again, we're not throwing the baby out with bathwater. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. need Sundays, man. I love Sundays. Mm -hmm. I want to worship the king. Okay. Yep. What happens is when we put 90% of our person hours towards the hour and a half on Sunday and right. maybe a few programs, what happens is nobody has any available time or space or access to live their real life. Mm. <laughs> you know, it becomes a duality. Yes. So what we have to do is what, how do the programs and the things that we do uh, almost like streams move into the pathway of our, our pathway of discipleship? Because you need some of those programs. Mm -hmm. People aren't going to just jump into deep discipleship. Yep. They need, they need some on ramps. On ramps are fine. They can be short term things. So we really train in terms of how do you have pathways mm -hmm. that are fine for people to jump into. But right. sometimes we have to, one of the words we use is sometimes you have to lighten the, lighten the cart Okay. Of the church bells and whistles and everything you do, so you can actually feed the horses of your leaders mm. so they can actually do it. Yeah. You know, sometimes the cart's so heavy duty, the horse is sitting on the cart and just riding yeah. down to you. Yep. But we're not developing people. And right. so it doesn't mean you get rid of all those things. It just means what can we prune down that has so much growth but doesn't have fruit? Okay. And that becomes important. So there's different metaphors we can use mm -hmm. to think it through. It's not all or nothing. It's just discerning what God's saying. What, what do we want to keep here? And that is contributing to the pathway of discipleship. What's just an ongoing thing we're doing that doesn't have any life in it anymore? So, so we call them, sometimes you have to pivot, pivot things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to, you know, reshape how you do them. Mm -hmm. um, so those are, those are some of the things we talk about in terms of doing it. So it's not all or nothing. We want to keep some of these things. Wonderful. So, um, so we never want to blow up the church, man. This, this is the worst thing ever. You right. know, it's just, right. but how does it fit into, it doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting. Right. <laughs> Can do, right. We have other vehicles to do heavy yep. lifting. You know, yep. that's the thing that we have to, that's what Wonderful. we have to calibrate Wonderful. differently. So Wonderful. Yeah. And so the way forward, some of that includes pruning. Yep. Some of that includes uh, a rethinking. Yep. We're here to, we're here to uh, uh, invest in the character and competence of people, yep. not so that those character and competence can always be used in our program. Yep. You know, we, we want to train somebody to be a better musician so that they can lead worship, or we want to train someone to <laughs> exactly. be a better teacher so yep. they can help out in Sunday school, or yep. we want to train somebody to be more friendly so they can be a greeter. <laughs> 
all good things, but <laughs> just not the best thing, yeah, right? You know. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, to equip to equip people to really take that discipleship Absolutely. momentum and movement yeah. outside of the walls and see and celebrate, and that I think is also a part of of Sunday morning. Um, is yes, we're here to worship the King, but we're also here worshiping. I think is taking a pause and. As we were we were talking a little bit earlier in my office about lingering in celebration. Yes, and so yeah. being able to on Sunday morning linger and celebrate what God did during the week. That's right, and that's yeah. a paradigm shift. Yep. Yep. You're not coming. You're not coming to Sundays to get serviced. That's right. You're coming to celebrate. That's right. That's to bring to bring what God did and during and your week. Show yeah. Celebrate Look what happened. Week. And Look and if this. you're not experiencing God during the week. Yep. And you're only counting on that hour and a half on Sunday. That puts us in a pretty tough place. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, so. and, uh, yeah, it's almost like saying, you know, I'm going to fast seven days, you know, six days a week. And for one hour, I'll eat. And the rest of the week, I'm yeah. not going to eat. Not, not uh, good spiritual formation. No. no. Yeah. So um, here's what I want to remind you if you're listening. First of all, if you have a story of discipleship, if you have a... Uh, uh, just a praise, or you want to linger in some of that celebration, uh, please email me, block, uh, block, L-O-C-K-E, at hopecenter.cc. Uh, we'd love to get those stories. We'll actually be uh, creating more streamlined ways for uh, people to interact and dialogue as we do these podcasts. The second thing I want to say is that uh, this is not the only time you'll hear or see Sean uh, here at Hope Center, Sean and I go way back. Uh, we uh, planted together uh, when he was planting planting shelter. Uh, I was planting River Life in Sacramento, and um, we always have had fun together. But uh, um, and even in 3DM, when Sean started jumping on board with that, he pulled me into it. Said, "Bro, you need to follow me as I follow Christ in this." And so I started for doing submitting, that. But that was nice. <laughs> Not so always I, easy. I started doing that, and then um, and then look, God brought us Back just together. a few miles from each other, which is hilarious. To yes, me, yeah. And Hope Center is the church that eventually uh, initially supported me when I got into Young Life staff. This was my home church for years. This is awesome. And so I love this church. I love this family here. It's I started here. Um, you guys have blessed me and sent me out. I mean, so there's tons of history here. So, so this is fun to be back. So we'll definitely be partnering in the future. You'll hear some more language. We'll probably have them do some more podcasts, even have them up front and preaching on Sunday morning uh, if he promises to, uh, to you know, be good. Yeah, and, not uh, over-challenge. <laughs> Don't blow everybody out. So uh, thank you for joining us on our first ever podcast. Uh, um, how might hope podcast and um, we'll look forward to, to talking with you next month good to see you thanks